Ag State of Mind, episode 105. Welcome to Ag State of Mind, a podcast that examines the stresses affecting producers of agriculture and how to alleviate these stresses and improve farmers' lives. In this podcast, we discuss openly the mental health crisis that is occurring in the agricultural community and what we can do to help turn it around. Now here's your host, Jason Meadows. This episode of the Ag State of Mind podcast, a proud member of the Global Ag Network. I am your host, Jason Meadows. Today, we go up to the great state of Minnesota and talk to my friend, Emily Kreckelberg. Emily and I first connected over the Breaking Ground, the mental health webinar that we participated in with a few of our friends, Adrian and Nathan and several others uh, from our friends over at Ag Twitter. Uh, talking about the mental health and ag discussion. That was a really, really great place and forged a lot of really great relationships and uh, very grateful for that. Uh, Emily has been a longtime supporter of the podcast. I was actually on her podcast, The Moose Room, uh, just a couple of months ago, uh, back in May for Mental Health Month. And I sent out a message on my Ag State of Mind private group on Facebook asking who would they like to who would they would they like to be on the Ag State of Mind podcast and Emily so graciously raised her hand and wanted to be on how can I turn something like that down so uh, we talk a little bit about mental health advocacy uh, about her work at the University of Minnesota and uh, it's a really really great opportunity that I had to speak with my friend Emily so all right here we go with my interview with Emily Kreckelberg. All right, Emily Kreckelberg, welcome to the Ag State of Mind podcast. How are you tonight? I am doing well. Thanks for having me, Jason. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, this was a really cool experience because I'm not super active in our online. Well, I haven't been in my Facebook group on Ag State of Mind, uh, the private group, which anybody if you want to join, I'll put a link to it in here. You can reach out and join. But what I did, I just kind of had a ideas like who do you guys want to see on the ag state of mind podcast and emily being the outgoing person <laughs> that she is raised her hand she's like i do i do so uh how can you pass up that kind of opportunity when somebody just uh wants it to be them so i appreciate your willingness to be here yeah well you know it has been on my bucket list to be on egg state of mind so <laughs> i'm excited that it's finally happening <laughs> well i was on your podcast the moose room uh what a couple months ago i think it was in may it yep. was because it was mental it was mental health month and mm -hmm. uh you know so that was a really cool experience to me because we got to talk both mental health and cows so i mean right that's like what's what what better is there <laughs> yeah and so it's kind of like now just returning the favor now i'm being there on your go. podcast <laughs> there we go so tell everybody your story you and i uh we connected last year when we had that event gosh it was nathan brown angie setzer adrian whole bunch of people who have been on this podcast and uh it was a really cool thing because it forged some really cool relationships. And uh, so tell me about you, just kind of your backstory. And then, you know, we'll go, we'll go from there. Sure. So I will, I will try to keep it somewhat short and sweet. There's a lot of stuff, but I'll focus on hitting the highlights. Um, 
I grew up on my family's dairy farm in South Central Minnesota. So dairy girl through and through, uh, that led me to the University of Minnesota for college. I majored in animal science and really, really wanted to be a ruminant nutritionist when I got to college. And then I took ruminant nutrition and I was like, yeah, I don't think I want to do this. Do <laughs> <laughs> um, and I was really fortunate in my time uh, to intern with the University of Minnesota Extension. And I remember after that internship, I got back to college for my senior year and I said, I found my dream job. Like, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to work for Extension. Yeah. And so I graduated and three days later started with Extension. And now it has been over eight years that I've been with them. Um, so I started in working in the central part of Minnesota as a dairy educator. So I worked for my, primarily with dairy farms on production issues, that kind of stuff. Um, I have always had a really deep passion for farm safety and health. Um, mm -hmm. And so this is where I'm going to jump back a little bit in my story. Uh, so my family has experienced some some of the pitfalls of the dangers of farming ourselves. Um, my dad lost his leg when he was 19 in a farming accident. And then uh, we are coming up on five years ago, my brother lost his arm um, in an egg accident as well. And so, you know, farm safety, again, it was something I was always much more aware of, I think, than, than a lot of my friends who grew up on farms, just because, mm. you know, when you have a dad with one leg, you know it. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and we'd go swimming and everybody would stare at us and, you know, all that. But my dad never let it stop him. And, and I didn't realize it at the time. But now it makes a lot more sense to me. Like, yeah, like I don't I try not to let things stop me either. Um, and and I think that made my brother's accident a little bit easier because mm. we knew recovery was possible, sure. you know, and so with that interest in farm safety, I always tried to integrate that into my work up in central Minnesota. I worked at the county level there and decided to go back to school while I was working to get a master's degree. The degree is in agricultural education, and my research studied farm safety communication messages uh, for dairy farmers. And so how, what's the most effective way to reach people to talk about farm safety? And things just kind of sprouted from there, I guess. Mm -hmm. And it was, you know, a thing where I was like, yep, dairy is the focus, but I will always talk about farm safety when I can, integrate little lessons into my programs, do different articles and radio interviews about it, whatever I could do. Mm -hmm. And then over time, you know, like I said, there, that was that really big safety aspect, but there's also the yeah. health aspect. Um, which, you know, we, we've all talked about before. We really think of physical health first, our bodies, uh, but our minds are just as important. And I really started to be aware and concerned about the mental toll on the farmers I was working with in central Minnesota around, I want to say 2017, 2018. Like it feels so mm -hmm. long ago, but it really was. <laughs> right, right, right. I know. Um, I know. Yeah. And so I just, I started doing programs about stress and having people come in and talk about, you know, all the hard things that they've been through and how that impacted them. And, you know, it, 
it first started with here's a dairy program and then here's a little 15 minute thing about stress and then things were getting worse and I remember it vividly. Things were getting worse, like like the farm economy. Yeah, the, farm economy, everything. just general morale in the area. This mm -hmm. is, again, mm -hmm. I was in, you know, the middle of dairy country. So the county right. I was in, which right. is Stearns, is the biggest dairy county in the state of Minnesota. Okay. So, so these were people that had had low prices for years. Things were really looking bad. Um, and then... Somewhat unfortunately, uh, the thing that really kickstarted me is I received a phone call from a farmer, dairy farmer that I had worked with quite a bit. We had served on some committees together and and I really considered him more of a friend um, than, mm -hmm. than just a farmer I know through work. And he called me on September 11th, 2018 to tell me about a, a fellow dairy farmer who had died by suicide the day before. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When he first called me, I didn't realize it until he said the name, but this farmer was the father of a college friend of mine. Mm -hmm. And it was one of those things where, you know, I had become more aware of issues with farm stress around the countryside, but this was when it really kind of hit home for the first time for me. Right, right. And... And I just, I remember it so vividly. Uh, you know, again, I can hear my friend's voice on the phone. He was a really jovial, upbeat guy. But I mean, he just, he sounded like a whole different person and wasn't talking a lot. And then there's this long pause and he just goes, Emily, what can you do? Mm -hmm. And, you know, for, for better or for worse, I took that incredibly personally. And also for me, it was kind of this sign that like, here's a farmer and he's a very well-respected farmer in Minnesota, uh, very successful, you know, a lot of people know him. And he thinks I, me, you know, little old me can do something about this. And so I feel like that vote of confidence was kind of the extra push that I needed to just kind of dive into it much more fully you know, while still doing my regular job too. And so that winter I held my very first only mental health farm stress program. We didn't talk about mm. anything else. And I went to bed the night before absolutely petrified that no one was going to mm -hmm. show up, Yeah, you know, but I also told myself like, if one person shows up and gets something out of it, like, I don't care. It was worth it. Right. And yeah. we had, I believe, close to 90 people came. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then that's a, lo that's a lot more than zebra. Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> I was shocked. People just kept walking in the door. I'm like, oh, my gosh, we had to bump up the lunch order. <laughs> like, it was crazy. <laughs> um, and yeah. And so from there, it was just like I was put into hyperspeed then. Um, very, very fortunately, a lot of local media um, picked up on it and and were kind of, you know, they were hearing about these problems and, and I think now they finally had an inroad to really discuss them. So I was getting a lot of calls from media and, and all of that and had the opportunity, um, Extension sent me to the Rural Stress Summit in Atlanta, Georgia that winter, I believe also. It was a busy winter. Um, yeah, yeah, and so... Yeah. 
kind of long story short, out of that, um, our dean of extension really recognized us as an issue and started um, the the U of M extension rural stress task force, and she named me as the director of it. Um, wow. So yeah, so I was spending half my time now doing that, and the other half in my counties and. And it was really awesome and I enjoyed doing it. And I still just had this bug inside me of like, I wish I could do this full time. Like the, <laughs> the farm stress stuff and the safety stuff too, because it's all intertwined. Um, and then sure. I just, I'm very, very fortunate um, and, and had the opportunity that Extension, uh, you know, started this farm safety and health educator role. And I... I got the job and that was really exciting, super challenging. I actually took the job last year. So in April, 2020, think about what was going on in April, 2020. Right. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. yeah. So I was, I was newly divorced, technically homeless for a few months. I had to stay with some relatives, starting a new job, moving to a brand new city, three plus hours from where I had been living, like mm -hmm. just uh, you know, kind of the odds were stacked against, against me a little bit, but I was also right, like, right. gosh, I'm so lucky that I got this opportunity and got to do this. And so, yeah, that's, wow. I meandered a little bit there, but that's kind of my general overview of, of my story. And, you know, I always like to tell people like in anything you do, anything that you're passionate about, like pursue it, you know, if you want something, go get it. And, and I think a sure. lot of people, will go, oh, well, that, you know, that opportunity isn't there, whatever. Um, you know, when I started with Extension eight years ago, you know, and, and, I, and I was asked, you know, quite frankly, by my supervisors and that they're like, you know, what's your ultimate goal in Extension? And I was like, oh, well, I want to work statewide doing farm safety and health. Mm -hmm. And their response was, well, Emily, that's nice, but that position doesn't exist. Yeah. And now I work statewide doing farm safety and health. So it's yeah, kind of like, yeah, no, it's, it's awesome. Yeah, you, no, you it, can't let those things stop you. That's how right. I feel, you know, is like, just got to keep working and, and, you know, show that value, create that value. And, and I'm really fortunate that the university picked up on that and was kind of willing to take this bet on me. So Wow. How cool. Yeah. Like, you know, because you had that, you had that, like, goal or that you know that northern star that you like you wanted to follow that and then like how it was almost like built around you and all yeah. these things happened to you and I mean it was hard obviously and all these hard things had to happen for you to get there but now it's there and like how cool is that I mean it's so and you get I mean and you get to help people like and I think that I think the thing about it is you get to help people who you know need help they know need, they need help but sometimes they don't always know how to get together right you know right. and you're forming that bond you know you're forging those relationships and and being able to do that through extension is is awesome because you know i think that's i mean we may not realize it but that's kind of how what the extension service is built to do is um you know, normally we think of it from a production side, mm -hmm. right? You know, these are the best, uh, best me methods of practice, all these things. But as agriculture evolves, so to to the problems and the issues with it and, you know, these mental health issues that we are obviously facing, those are evolving right along with us. And, you know, it's cool that you were just able to kind of step in there and like 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 it was almost meant to be. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I'm definitely a firm believer that everything happens for a reason. And, and there are paths that we are meant to go down and ones we are not. And, and so I'm very grateful for the path that has been laid before me. It has not always been easy, but you know, yeah. And I really believe like you were saying, Jason, you know, the, the purpose of extension and of a lot of organizations is to respond to the community's needs. And so mm -hmm. this really mm -hmm. emerged as a big need. And, you know, again, I'm really grateful that University of Minnesota was so quick to, to respond to it and to get boots on the ground and people working on it, um, you know, and, and for me, yes, helping people is the best. You know, I said right away, I wanted to be a ruminant nutritionist because I wanted to work with cows and be around cows all day. Well, ruminant nutritionists don't spend that much time around calves anyways. And, right, and right. you know, and two, I'm like, and I'm just such a people person. And, you know, it's nice because I still get to go to farms and I, you know, get to be on farm and visit people. And I'm very fortunate that our, our original home farm is still in production. We don't milk cows anymore, but uh, my brother raises some beef and farms crops. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's great to have that connection, but to also feel like it sounds a little cheesy, but like I am a part of something that is much bigger than me. And that's, no, I, I enjoy I, that. I totally get it. And that's, that's just the way, same way I feel, you know, um, obviously I do have my own place and I have my own cows and, um, but I wanted something bigger, right? I wanted something like I wanted to, I, I wanted to feel like I was contributing in a bigger way than it was than just me and my family, which don't want to discount that. It's, it's amazing that, yeah. and, and I'm very grateful for the opportunity that I have to, to do that. Um, but I wanted, there was something more, I wanted something more. And then that's what my work with the podcast has been is being able to be involved in like the agriculture sector as, as a whole, but like, like carving your own kind of niche into it is, is really cool. And I, you know, I think our, our journeys are similar in that um, we were responding to needs, right? Mm -hmm. We knew that there was an, there were issues. I think we both recognized it somewhere around that same time, 2017, 2018. Yeah. I think that's when a lot of the work started being done. And we were able to respond to that and do the things. And, you know, it's, I think it's worked out well for both of us. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, yes, that, that sense of community is so important and that sense that, yes, I'm a part of something bigger than me, but also, uh, you know, I wouldn't say selfishly, but it's very ther therapeutic for me on a personal level. hundred percent. You know, yeah. I, I have been through my own trials and tribulations you know, being there when my brother lost his arm, that was an incredibly traumatic experience for me. Sure. Yeah. You know, caused a lot of anxiety. And I mentioned, um, you know, being divorced, I was in an abusive marriage. Um, so struggled a lot with that. And, and so working on myself while also simultaneously working on projects that I really believe in and that I think will make, mm. you know, the world a better place has right. just truly changed my life for the better. Yeah, no, I a hundred percent agree with that as far as it being therapeutic because it is like, you know, I can be having a real bad day, you know, mm -hmm. whatever doesn't, I mean, 
one of the million things I've got going on goes wrong. You know what I mean? And But I can sit down here, have a podcast, have a conversation with somebody like yourself, you know, and all that stuff gets put away for a while. And I'm able to just kind of focus and talk about the things. And then, you know, something will come up and I'll be able to apply that to my own life down the road, right. you know. And this is, I mean, to me, this has been some of the best therapy I could ever do for and it was just, I'm just doing it myself it's just it's amazing yeah. what just talking about stuff does and I think that's what people have to understand is just being able to talk about things like this about stress about uh about your mental health about whatever is going on is it can be as therapeutic as whatever solutions you may come up just getting it off of your chest yeah absolutely um you know, and I think, and well, I know this and you know this too, Jason. And, and I think what this podcast is such an amazing vehicle for is, is for people to hear those conversations and then mm -hmm. to, to get more comfortable with hearing those conversations, right? It's mental health is not always pretty. It is not always comfortable. Right. It is not always fun. Um, but I think that just having these conversations while yes, it's therapeutic for us. And, and I know, you know, I've listened to other podcasts where people share about their mental health and, and it's therapeutic to listen to them kind of go through these things and, and talk about how they've well, healed from makes it. Makes you let know you're not alone. Yeah, absolutely. That is. So when I did that big program where I had almost 90 people come, mm -hmm. you know, like any good extension educator, I had to do an evaluation. Um, right. And the most common answer. So, okay, let me back up. The question I asked, you know, I asked a series of things. And then um, I think I just asked for like, oh, additional comments or what's a big takeaway for you from today, whatever. The most popular answer was, I'm not alone in this. I, I've really felt like I was, and it's, you know, and a lot of that, like I'm not alone and I'm not the only one going through this. And there are people that understand. And that was, you know, so huge for me. And, and again, I feel like a, a big part of this podcast too, is just getting those messages out. So people know they're not alone. I mean, that is, that's like the meanest thing our brains do to us is they try to yeah. tell us that nobody understands, nobody cares. Right. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, sh I shared that quote on my Instagram this week and bear with me. I'm actually going to look it up right now because I don't want to screw it yeah. up. Quote from James Allen. And it says, man is made or unmade by himself in the armory of thought. He forges the weapons with which he destroys himself. He also fashions the tools with which he builds joy, strength, and peace. So, I mean, it's a two-way street. You yeah, can, your that is brain perfect. Can, yeah, your brain can break you down so much, make you feel alone, make you feel there's something wrong with you. But at the same time, if you are able to train it, if you're able to do the work, if you're I mean, it's not like an on-off switch, right? I mean, I think mm -hmm. it's really important for people to understand like, oh, just think better thoughts and you'll be okay. No, it doesn't work like that. But if you can start moving more towards that direction, it can, as, as much as it can break you down, it can build you up that much too. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I remember I did read that quote and you posted it and I'm like, this is so perfect. This is exactly how I feel about my brain. And that's, you know, actually something I 
work on quite a bit in, in my personal therapy sessions with my therapist of, yeah, kind of knowing that like, you know, your brain is kind of like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde or, you know, the angel mm-hmm. and the devil, they're both there. Right. And, you know, you need to find a way to, to balance those two and, you know, kind of train your brain for resilience and, you know, having resilience is such a good thing. I tell people the crappy thing about resilience is that the only way you can build it well is in adversity. Yeah. You know, like yeah. it's too bad. We can't just be born with it and it's all good. Yeah. You know, we have to go, th- go through the tough stuff to get there, but um, you know, it, it's all worth it in the end. And I think that, yeah, if we're honest with ourselves and able to have these, you know, open conversations with people, that is a big resilience builder too, is hearing about other people's resilience and, and what they do and what works for them. So, and not to spend too much time on the, what this podcast is, um, but some, a guy, we were, uh, we were actually, um, we were at, we were at our steerway in last year for our kids and he came up to me and he talking about the podcast and he says, uh, you know, the thing about a thing I love about the podcast and it could be anything then not just a podcast, you know, a webinar or whatever it is, uh, something where it's, you know, just you, uh, it, it, it could be a completely safe thing. You know, you don't yes. have to put yourself out there. Mm-hmm. Now, eventually we want everybody to be able to be comfortable, but initially nobody's going to be comfortable, right? Because this stuff's scary. Um, and he said, I like that because I don't have to tell anybody. I can just listen and relate with myself. And like you said, like that, like that, that overwhelming response is, I'm not alone. You know, there are others who feel this way. And that's a, that's a, that's a very comforting feeling for people. Yeah, that's such a great point. And, and I find that too. I do some suicide prevention training Mm -hmm. online. We had to move it online due to COVID and the response has been so much better to it now that it's online. Cause yes, it's, it's yeah. easy access for people. We, we don't make them turn their cameras on or anything. So yeah, if they want right. to, you know, I don't want to say be hidden, but you know, just feel a little Gives more them an option. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, makes them more comfortable, um, in, in that they can kind of choose how involved or visible they are or not. Um, you know, and it's a thing I, I always receive the follow-up emails, you know, thank you so much. And usually some sort of personal story they have. And so, you know, people, people are listening. And I think that it's important that we're giving them opportunities to approach this subject through a lot of different avenues, you know, like I have farms that I can go to and just straight up talk to the farmers about mental health or stress or what's happening. And, you know, I, I have sat at many farm kitchen tables and, and watch people cry. And, you know, and for some people that works. And then, you know, we, we did our series on the moves room for mental health awareness month of Mm -hmm. four episodes on mental health. Those have been some of our most popular episodes of the entire Mm -hmm. podcast, right? Because it's easy. It's approachable. People can just listen to them and and then they have that they have those tools in their pocket right there and right. so it, it you have to run the gamut you know you can't expect everybody to meet you where you want them to meet you right. you know right <laughs> you have to right. go to where yeah. they are yeah 
A hundred percent. Yeah, no, you know. So something I want to talk to you about, we talked about it on your podcast, and it's being comfortable with sharing about taking medication for mm. for whatever sort of mental health you're experiencing. And and I'll give you a shout out here too, because I did it on your podcast, but you made a post shortly after we had that breaking ground webinar mm-hmm. where we were together and you you came very open, very vulnerable talking about your use of medications and how important of a tool it was in your mental health arsenal. And for me, it's almost it's it, it, it's almost embarrassing to say like that I was not comfortable talking about because that's what I do for a living. Right? right. And but like that gate you doing that gave me so much courage to be able to go out and share my own story and be very comfortable with talking about uh, the use of medications, because I do feel like they it's it's a very black or white type. It's either like, oh, you're all for it or all oh, you're against it. And um, it's not that simple. They're a very useful and essential tool in someone's mental health toolkit. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and I kind of think of two kind of fun little quotes uh, that my aunt, who is a nurse, shared with me. Um, and And one of them being, you know, we all need neurotransmitters. And if you can't make enough of your own, store-bought is fine. Right. Um, yep. Yep. And, 100%. and yep. how she approaches medication, she's like, well, it's better living by chemical means. And sometimes that's just what we need. Yeah. I mean, and you said it, you said it yourself that like, you don't, your biggest like concern is like, you didn't want to feel weird or you didn't want to feel I don't know. I can't remember the. Yeah, I said I didn't. Said. I didn't want to feel like a zombie. A zombie, yeah. <laughs> but like, but somebody kind of like snapped you back and like, well, do you feel good? How you feel right now? <laughs> no, yeah, you don't. And you know, I've done like because I'm a hardhead pain in the ass. I. <laughs> I like will every once in like not anymore I don't but I would try to like go off my meds mm. and it would be a it'd be a freaking disaster yeah you know and it would be an absolute disaster and like and I think it's for me and I think it's a part of like this macho guy thing in me and that like oh I don't want to need that you know that's right. my you know I don't like oh, I don't that's that means I'm like broken but no, it's it's not that at all. It's no different than taking any other sort of med for any other sort of whatever you've got going on. I mean, you would not fault someone for taking their blood pressure meds if their blood pressure was high, obviously. Right. Right. Yeah. So how's this any different? Right. And it's not. That's my response. It's not at all. Yeah. It's not. 100%. It's not. Yes. Yeah. And and absolutely. Shout, shout out to my nurse practitioner when I when I first went in to potentially go on meds. I still remember it was Halloween. Scary, uh-huh. right? <laughs> and yeah, I was like, I just, I'm really afraid of being a zombie. And I was like, I'm I'm really afraid that they are gonna turn me in to somebody I'm not. I'm not gonna be myself. And then yeah, my nurse practitioner goes, well, Emily, do you feel like yourself right now? And I was just yeah. like, oh shit, you got me. <laughs> like, you got me. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, all right. I. And it was funny because I, I had been doing therapy for a while and considered myself, you know, open to, to discussing mental sure, health and sure. talking about mental illness. But yeah, medications were always 
very scary to me. And I, I think part of it is, you know, sometimes they are portrayed in the media kind of negatively or, right, right. you know, or, or it's a joke. Like, it's a joke. you know, it's a big joke. I think that's yeah. the big thing for me is like people make a big joke. Oh, did you forget to take your meds? You know, yeah. it's a, it's a joke. It's a, ta it's a punchline, you know, and uh, you know, that's, that's not very helpful either. Right. Yeah. It's like um, my mental health is not a joke to me and it shouldn't be to right. you either. Yeah. Yeah. Or, exactly. or crazy pills or, you know, any of that. And oh, I hear it all. You know, I yeah. hear it all when people come in. I, you know, I need my happy pills. I need my, and like it, it, you know, and people can say and think what they want, but like, man, when people say that kind of stuff, it really like tenses me up and makes me cringe, you know, because like, no, that that's not that's not how it works. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? So <laughs> You know, it's just, you know, I hope, I hope that there is, and I think we're seeing considerable shift at because there are people who are willing to take the, make the serious talk about it and, and, and make it say, oh, it, it's, that it's not a joke or, but it's also that it is okay to talk about things. Just take, just totally normalizing yeah. the conversation around it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I try to remind people too, that you know, going on medication for your mental health or, you know, to treat a mental illness, that is not a life sentence, right? Plenty, right. plenty yeah. of people will go on them for a period of time and then go sure. off. Oh, I know lots of them. Who have. Yeah. 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 And, and plenty of people will go on them and stay on them. Right. I, at this sure. point in time, I am one of those people. Same. Um, I am too. Yeah. So. And, and yeah, and it's just like, who cares? It's, it, well, I take, you know, two pills. I'm like, it's two pills a day. Like if that's going to make me feel better and have a better day and live a better life, then I will, I will do it till the day I die. That's fine. Same. You know, I take my, it's honestly, it's like not even a big deal for me anymore. Right. Like I take them before I go to bed you yeah. know? and like, it's just, it's all good. You know I mean? Like it's, it's become it, it helps me feel, and, it, and I think it's really important to say that it, 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 it helps me be the person that I am, right? Yeah. It helps, it helps me. It doesn't make me anybody any different. It helps make me whole. It makes me a better husband, a better father, a better whatever, yeah. you know, it just, it makes me the, helps me be the person I need to be. It, I have found like, I am so much more balanced now mm -hmm. like you know yep i still have lows i still have highs like we all do in life right things happen that are outside of our control but it's like i just feel like i can face those things so much better now and i can kind of right. i can get back to equilibrium a lot easier right. which there's not the big spikes that yeah. we talked about that the peaks and valleys yeah, yeah i totally agree and, you know, and not to say that i don't go off in the dumps sometimes because i do oh yeah i mean we do, but like I like I don't stay there like mm -hmm. I used to. I used to be it used to be a days, and then I get to feeling sorry for myself, and then it got even worse. And I, you know, it goes back to the breaking yourself down in your own mind type thing. Yeah. But now with, I mean, it's not just meds; it's it's other things too. But with all this that I've been able to, how I've been able to improve myself, I stay in those valleys much less time. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. You know, all this stuff to me, like it's very cyclical, you know, you have to go through those cycles. Right. If, you know, if I am, if I'm going through about a depression, like I need to allow myself to do that, but 
Sure. Again, you sure. know, of course. Yeah, yeah. But like the medication is kind of what helps my brain go like, okay. And, and now it's time for us to move to the next stage and to continue right. through the cycle. And, right. you know, and another thing I want to say about meds, it's the same thing that I say about therapy. And that is you have to trust the system. You have to be patient with it. So, yeah, you know, it's not, an, it's not a like overnight thing. Right. It's not like one day you're taking, not taking the pill and you are a mess. And then the next day, boom, you're better. Mm -hmm. Doesn't work like that. Yes. And, and now I, I do know of some people that have, you know, basically been in breakdowns and, and started meds and instantly felt better because, you know, the placebo effect is sure. And it's real. Right. Yeah. But yeah, you know, it's a thing. And I tell people that because people go, oh, yeah, I, you know, I, I tried. Zoloft or something for, for a month. And I'm like, well, mm -hmm. well, it takes longer than a month to really like build up in your system and right. do something. Yep. Mm -hmm. So you have to mm -hmm. like, it's not a quick fix. And I think that that can be really frustrating for people when you're in a really bad place and you know, it's like, this feels like your last ditch effort to feel better. And it doesn't, and we're kind of, yeah, it doesn't do we're anything kind of conditioned. We're kind of conditioned yeah. that way too, to like, to always like expect the quick fix too. And, you know, so yeah, it's obviously frustrating when you like, like I said, you've been in condition. Everything is so like yeah. supposed to be so fast, so easy. And then when it's not and you're like, it, it makes it even worse. You like freak out like, well, why it's, why is it not working? Is there something wrong? You know, cause then yeah. it goes down that path mm -hmm. again, right? You know, it's a vicious cycle. Yeah. And it's like many good things in life. It's one of those things like it's worth the wait. Like it's worth the wait, you know, yeah. and, and two, I tell people, you know, not every medication works for every person. Right. And, right. and sometimes mm -hmm. too, we're treating various symptoms. Like I I'm treated for both depression and anxiety. So mm -hmm. I take something different than my friend who is being treated for just depression. And, you know, mm -hmm. and sometimes we need to switch around and that's, like I say about therapists too, you know, it's like shoe shopping. Like sometimes you need to try a few before you find the right fit. Sure. Yep. You know, and yeah, you can just go with the first ones you try on. Maybe they'll be fine, but maybe over time you'll go, this is just not working, you know? Yeah. And, right. and that's okay. You know, we have, we have all these, all these drugs, you know, all these prescriptions we can access because yeah, different ones work for different people in different ways. So. Right. Right. So, this is something, and I think you may be not, not totally prepared for this, and I hope it's okay. This is something, I, I thought about this a lot. And you and I talking, and so if anybody follows either one of us on social media, you will see that we probably have pretty conflicting political views, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you're, you are definitely lean left, I definitely lean right. Yeah. But we can talk about, we can put that aside. Yeah. And we can have this conversation like this. We, you know, we may not agree politically on everything, but we, we love cows and we love to talk about mental health yeah. and how, you know, so like, I think that's really, really cool that, and that's why I love the podcast platform is we can take these things and, you know, we don't have to worry so much about the things we disagree on. We can really focus on the things we agree on and find out that we, you know, we can be friends, even though we disagree. And I, I think yes. we need more of that in this society, you know, because it is hard. It is very hard for people to see past the things they disagree on um, and really focus on the things we agree on. 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, when you said, I'm not sure if you're prepared for this. I wasn't, but I'm really glad that you brought it up, Jason, because I think that is important. I agree. Things are are so divisive right now. And and yes, you you are absolutely right. I I have my causes and things I believe in and you have yours. Um, but then we have the causes that we believe in together. And sure. and I think yeah. that, yeah, those are great ways to to unite us, to bring us together. And, you know, I think for me, I remind myself because, yes, I, you know, among among egg Twitter, I do find myself to be a little bit of an outlier in that, mm-hmm. you know, I, I do consider myself to be on the left. Uh, which is in contrast to to most people in agriculture, sure. at least ones that I interact with. Um, but it's like that just doesn't come up. You know, it it doesn't matter when we're having these conversations. No, and and it's you know, and it's I think people get so there's so much in this soundbite type society, soundbite culture where you know it's a one off. It's you've got you know. 200 and whatever characters on Twitter to, to make your point. So you have to go for the jugular fast, you know, and, right. and, you know, not saying Twitter doesn't have its place cause it does. Um, but to get really get deep down into it and like really find out about people having real life voice face to face conversations is where it's at. And if we can get more of that, if people can really, like really understand and put their differences aside to come together and unite, I just feel like that's the solution to the madness that we've that we've experienced. Yeah, absolutely. And and you know, there is nothing inherently wrong with disagreeing with somebody, right? There's, I, yeah, I mean, people have disagreed, and I and I and I'm going to take it a step further and. I find it refreshing to interact with people whom I disagree with because it doesn't, an echo chamber doesn't do anybody any good. Right. 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 You know, like it doesn't do anybody good to like, oh, have everybody agree with you because then you like, then you get totally blindsided by stuff. Right. Yeah. So like, it's, it's good to have your, your convictions challenged every once in a while because it's, uh, that's how they, that, I think that's how you either you, you know, step back from or you become more strong in them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very valuable to have people around who, who, with whom you disagree. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, we, we could all be a little more willing to, to take the perspective of people we disagree with and, and to learn new things from them. You know, I, that's something I try to do. Of course, it doesn't always go well, right? We, we, we all have <laughs> sure. our fuses and, and right. sometimes mine gets lit and, and I can admit that, you know, yes, there, there are certain things where like I have just decided I'm not going to change my opinion on those for whatever my personal reasons are. Right. Sure. Yeah. And, and somebody fully has the right to be on the opposite side of that fully. And that's just how it's going to be. Right. And, and I'm somebody I fight with a lot of vegans on social media. So I'm kind of thinking <laughs> of that too, where it's like some people like they're just going to have their thing and I'm going to have mine and we, right. we can coexist. We don't need to be best friends. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's like the, there's the old saying, I mean, you're not for everybody. Right. <laughs> You're not. No, you know? I'm not. I, I'm like blue cheese. <laughs> I'm not for everyone. And that's okay. I don't need to be. 
but you're but you're still you like yeah. you know and that's what's great about it you know that you can be uniquely individual and be your strongest version of yourself and you know you're still going to have your people there's just yeah some people that just aren't your people and it's better to know that right it's better to be true right <laughs> than you know believe something in the shadow yeah and i and i think and and again this is advice i need to take too because i sometimes go a little too far like you can still be respectful you do not need to agree with somebody but you can still be kind um sure you know yeah. i I mentioned I am I am divorced. I don't like to credit my ex-husband with much, but I do credit him with my favorite piece of advice, which is manners are free. <laughs> and that yeah. that is something that I carry with me and think about probably daily. I say to myself, manners are free, right? When I'm at the store and I want to yell or on on hold for five hours, you know, it's like manners are free. Everybody yeah. is just doing the best they can. So, right. Right. And, you know, for the most part, most people deserve the benefit of the doubt. Most. Yeah. People. Yes. <laughs> Not all. Not everybody. Not everybody. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cool. No, I'm well, I'm cool. glad you brought that up, Jason, because I think that's an important thing for for people to talk about. So it is. And, yeah. you know, and we don't need to be like, oh, so like stepping on eggshells around people with whom we disagree because um it doesn't really that's not really productive right right you know what i mean but and it's and we we didn't argue on this you know what i mean we can just and it's 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 nice to know we just if we don't agree on something we just don't have to talk about it right yeah we can focus on the things yeah. we do agree on. exactly i i would rather yeah focus on the things that that we both care a lot about and believe in because that's where change is going to come from you know not not from us fighting about you know things that we just disagree on and and like they always will like that's sure you know and to and to know that like we still think one another's a good person yes at the end of the you know no matter what yeah absolutely you know, yes. that's, that's valuable. That's missing in a lot of the sadly, but I, I hope my hope is that it's going to move the other direction. Hopefully I'm hoping everyone will become enlightened one of these days. Yes. Well, after they listen to this podcast, Jason, I, think I mean, that's it. everybody, ha everybody should listen to it. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. Well, well we are going to change the world, Jason, just you wait. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Well, cool. Well, Emily, I really appreciate you here tonight. This was, and I say this a lot and I surely, but I, it doesn't mean that it's not genuine, but this is one of my favorite podcasts that I've done because you're so easy to talk to. Uh, you are very strong in your convictions and all the things you do. And I appreciate that about you. And I pre and you really give some very sound, very, uh, real life experience behind the things that you do. And I, 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 for one, really appreciate that. Well, thank you, Jason. And thank you so much for having me on. Like I said, this is can check it off the, the bucket list here now. Awesome. And yeah, you know, I'm, I'm so grateful that we've been able to, to connect and get to know each other over the past year plus. And, you know, it's, the subject matter that brought us together is unfortunate, but I'm glad to know that, you know, I, I have another person in, in my army, you know, on my right. team. Yeah. That's, it's so great to know. 
Yeah, you know, you're right. It is it is unfortunate that we have to have these conversations, but they're real and they need to be had. So we may as well embrace it and, mm. you know, maybe make some lemonade out of lemons, right? Yes. It's, uh, it's you know, make the best of it. Absolutely. Cool. Where can people find you online? They can find me on Twitter. My work account is at UMN Farm Safety. My personal account, where I still tweet about plenty of work stuff, is at M-E-M underscore Kruckelberg. I assume you're going to put how to spell that in the notes or something. Oh, yeah, we'll have uh, it all in the, in the notes. I will share yeah. this, though. You know, Kruckelberg, 10 letters, long last name. My mom taught us how to spell our name by setting it to the tune of Old MacDonald because... You know, research has shown that if you set things to melody, they're easier to remember, which is why we remember songs. So if you want to know how to spell Krakelberg, it's K-R-E-K-E-L-B-E-R-G. I love it. I love it. That's hilarious. You know, my wife and I have talked about that same thing about, you know, she tries to make songs out of things because she says she has a terrible memory. Yeah. If you can make a song out of something, she'll remember it. There you go. You'll have to teach her the Krekelberg song. Yeah, there we go. Cool. Well, awesome. Well, this was great tonight. I appreciate you. Um, We'll definitely do this again sometime because this is a conversation that needs to evolve. And, you know, we'll check back in with one another one day down the road. Yeah, that sounds great. Thanks so much, Jason. Happy to have you in my circle. Awesome. Same here. (laughs) Thanks for listening to Ag State of Mind. We hope this episode has encouraged you. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Ag State of Mind. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify so you never miss an episode. See you next week.